0: Hello there, and welcome to Narrative Calculus, the podcast show where we review everything from TV shows to books to movies and blah 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 and everything in between. Now, as you noticed, I'm doing the introduction again, which is extremely strange. Uh, yeah, um, how to best put this, Jonathan has been out of commission for the past two weeks due to some stuff. I am so sorry for not putting out some kind of bonus episode last week, I was just really busy as well, and you know. Hopefully this will this will make up for it. So, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Hamilton, which released just two days ago on July fourth. Happy Happy Independence Day, everybody! So I plan to I'm going to be a bit more freeform on this. This is probably going to be a bit shorter due to the fact that I didn't really keep any notes while watching. I I apologize. This isn't going to be a reaction. I have watched Hamilton before. Um. I just plan to go over a quick review, and, well, quick, very free-form review. We'll probably do a more formal one, but this is my rough take on it. So, for those who somehow have not heard of Hamilton, way back in around 2004, this guy called uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda read this biography called Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow, After finishing the first few chapters, Miranda started to think of what Hamilton would be like if it was a musical, and tried to look up, has there ever been a stage musical of Hamilton's life? And he found that there had been one way back in 1917. So, I mean, the market was right. He decided to do a project called the Hamilton Mixtape. And the the first glimpse that we got of this uh, project he was working on was during the White House when he was uh, supposed to perform one of his some music from In the Heights, his something that he previously worked on. He actually performed the first song from the Hamilton mixtape, an earlier version of what would later be Alexander Hamilton, the first number in the song, or in in the play. Sorry. He spent a year after that working on the second song. There's some other interesting facts about the production, like um, the after my shot, the song production was sped up in very, very quickly because they realized at the rate he was going, the music, the the musical would be finished by around oh I don't know 2026. He would later perform a workshop production of the show, still titled The Hamilton Mixtape at the Vassar Reading Festival on July 27, 2013. The workshop production was directed by Thomas Kale and musically directed by Alex Lacamoire. I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize, Alex, if I messed up your name. The workshop only consisted of the first act and three three songs from the second act. It was accompanied by Lacamoire on the piano. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Of the original workshop cast, only three principal cast members played in the off-Broadway production, Miranda, David Diggs, and Christopher Jackson. Most of the original off-Broadway cast moved to Broadway, except Brian Darcy James, who was replaced by Jonathan Groff as King George III, a.k.a. the best character in the in the play. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and go over the cast, the cast of this Amazing play. So, obviously, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going over the original, the first, I'm going over the Broadway people, not the Fessar Workshop, because they were different, so a fair amount of them were. So, obviously, we had, uh, for for the first Broadway, we had Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton. We had Philippa Sue playing Eliza. We had Leslie Odom Jr. playing Aaron Burr our favorite master of the of the week times we had renee elise goldsberry as angelica schuyler christopher jackson as george washington the the best just just the best we had davy diggs as marquis de lafayette i am so sorry for butchering your name i i'm, I'm i have only notes here i didn't look i can't get the pronunciation i'm sorry uh anthony ramos as philip hamilton and jasmine Cephas jones as the other one. Oh wait no peggy schuyler and maria reynolds also jonathan groff of course we mentioned him already and brian darcy james for the broadway stuff so i uh, I'll be totally honest i'm not I'm not a play guy. I know that I'm probably messing up the terminology. I don't know what the difference between off Broadway and Broadway is. I don't get it what What does that mean? It means nothing. it means nothing to me it uh, means absolutely nothing so moving on. <laughs> So the play made a ridiculous amount of money, um, something like $30 million just in the opening. I'm looking around here, but I can't seem to find any information relating to any further, but nonetheless, it's safe to say it was a huge success. Yeah, um, yeah I, I definitely couldn't... I had no idea. I, Given the fact that I tried to buy tickets when it first came out, and they were trending for, you know, hundreds of dollars, and I would have had to ask Dad to mortgage the house... It was yeah, it was pretty successful, safe to say. So let's go over the plot real quickly. The plot revolves around the obvious main title character, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, um, one of those, the only founding father who doesn't get any cool movies or stuff like that. Poor, poor Hamilton. He he must be rolling in his grave, knowing that he didn't get the intense drama. He got the rap musical. <laughs> So, it's it's detailed in two acts. Essentially, Act One is all about him rising up through the ranks and becoming George Washington's right hand man, and and also marrying Elizabeth. Um, am I saying no? It's Eliza, Eliza Schuyler, and basically just all sorts of stuff happened. It's a really, really detailed, well, at least for me as a movie and TV show goer. <laughs> seeing something of this um of this much detail is quite impressive for me, but anyway. There's there's a bunch of events that happen. He meets some buddies, Marquis de Lafayette, Jean Lawrence, a whole bunch of other folks. It all reaches a climax when they manage to turn the world upside down when they manage to win at Yorktown, which is quite awesome. Very exciting. Things take it's a I think Act One is my personal favorite, just because it's. I think the songs are more consistently better myself, because they're less pure rap, which I'm not. A, I'm not really a fan of rap myself. Sorry, guys. Um, I what what makes uh, Hamilton so clever to me is how they mix together the late motifs and actually make it really musically interesting. Because, l- let's face it, I mean, there's good rap, there's good rhythm-based songs, uh, There, there's really good rhythm-based songs where it's literally just nothing but drums, and it's so interesting, but uh, let's be real here, guys, come on, a-, a lot of rap, I'm not saying all rap, but a fair amount of rap is just pooch, 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 while some guy mumbles about his home situation or something. Um. So, yeah getting a bit off topic here. So, Act 2, my personal least favorite. Although still good, still good. The ending is a real knocker, real banger. Um, Act 2, Thomas Jefferson returns from being US ambassador to France. There's this whole thing where they have a really surprisingly engaging cabinet meeting where they talk about <laughs> debate about um they they debate a financial proposal to have the federal government take on the state debts or something like that. Surprisingly interesting. Surpri- they make it very interesting. A whole bunch of other stuff happens. John Adams gets just massacred by, um, by Hamilton in this pamphlet. He, Hamilton is just nonstop. He's never satisfied. He can't stop working. Um, his wife ends up going on vacation and he cheats on her which is just it's very nice and it's very very painful and anyway burr he oh yeah, yeah yeah he ends up having to pay out to the guy's wife that he was having an affair with he pays money and burr jefferson and madison find out about that and they're like dude what well, what are you up to buddy if you don't do what we say, we're going to... And then he shows them proof that he was actually just paying the guy so that he wouldn't squeal on him about his affair. Five seconds Uh, five seconds later, you know, Hamilton is freaking out and he decides to do a... He does something very, very interesting. He decides to write a... He decides to write a a pamphlet detailing his excursions with Mrs. Reynolds um quite quite detailed pamphlet as you can imagine that kills off his his chances of becoming president why he couldn't have just said no uh, i don't know what you're talking about or you know not cheated on on his wife i don't know it's beyond me but suffice to say uh, his entire life just turns into a total mess. Skip ahead, his son is murderized by some dude during a duel. They, uh, Him and Eliza later reconcile. And now we move into the final climax where Hamilton and Burr... Hamilton has just supported Jefferson over Burr. And they end up having a duel. And Burr shoots him. Yeah. So, characters, characters, characters... Characters were very well defined in this. I really did like all of the characters, especially the main two. The main two were really awesome. Ale- my my boy Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Never thought I'd be saying that. My favorite characters, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Yes, the relationship between those two are really what drives the second act. I feel. I'm I honestly I I don't like the second act I said it before I'll say it again I don't like the second act but actually I think the second act might be critically speaking it might be better than the first act mostly because you have better defined character flaws and real character struggle with Hamilton deciding to just be really really dumb several times And the rivalry between him and Burr is very interesting. And the way they express it is quite interesting, too. You have these, I mentioned earlier how they had their own leitmotifs, right? Hamilton in the lyrics is described as, he won't throw away his shot. Burr says that he's going to wait for it, right? And so, in in that sense, the characters are very, they're very purely defined they're very easy to put a title to that's the guy who waits and that's the guy who never throws away his shot second act that changes though because you have hamilton taking a cue from burr and being a bit more political and smarter about compromising with uh thomas jefferson and james madison and burr taking a cue from hamilton and deciding to chase after the presidency which he came close to winning had alexander not decided to basically just shoot his friend in the foot so yeah that's that's very interesting um the wait oh wait what <laughs> What <laughs> when I was trying to, so they, they take a cue from each other. You see, they start to, they influence each other, their rivals, their friends, and their relationship is what dri- I think drives it. Cause you feel there's no outright conflict, but that's okay. There doesn't need to be outright conflict. I know in some of my previous podcasts, I've criticized shows for not having enough conflict. This has plenty of conflict. Specifically, what I'm talking about is conflict between the protagonist and the antagonist. Not hero and villain, because Aaron Burr really isn't quite a villain. he He's just the antagonist. So, so, Aaron Burr and Hamilton, right. Protagonist and antagonist, yeah. The relationship between these two is what, what helped, so, uh, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting flustered here, guys, sorry. Uh... So we were going back to tension and conflict, right? So, I think conflict between a protagonist and antagonist is important, but I think you don't have it. It doesn't have to be conflict, really. It can be tension. Tension. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to look for. That's what I'm trying to look for. You don't need to. Conflict isn't always necessary. You can use tension, and I feel it was used to great effect here. You have this very quiet underlying tension with well not even quiet just with Aaron Burr really starting to like starting to conflict (laughs) I don't want to use that word because I just said tension but I guess that is the best word his interests are starting to conflict with Hamilton's interests like Hamilton's father-in-law being booted and replaced with Aaron Burr for the senate seat I believe in Quite, quite interesting watching those two go at it, so. Well, getting more into specifics, Hamilton makes for a very interesting character, I feel like, uh, especially again in the second act. First act, not so much. He's single-minded on his goals, and for me, that's not particularly interesting. He doesn't have any really meaningful flaws. I mean, he got mad at George Washington, but... I mean, it it does. It feels a bit forced. It's it's forced conflict by the writer, um, and it, I don't think it flows naturally from his character traits. Something like um, his, like the really idiocy, frankly, of the Reynolds pamphlet. I don't know. I could see that happening. I could I could actually see that happening. Him shouting at George Washington. I guess I could see that happening but it feels forced and just really silly. Aaron Burr again very interesting contrast to Hamilton in terms of their flaws and their strengths. Aaron Burr refuses to move even when he sees the chance right in front of him. If you don't if you stand for nothing Burr what will you fall for? And that comes to a final climax at the very end, like I told you about, when the reason why Hamilton doesn't support Aaron Burr, his longtime friend of many years, is because at the end of the day, Thomas Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. Burr is a socialite, he's a politician, he's not like, he's not really like John Adams or George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or any of the other Founding fathers who had really put their lives on the line defending this constitution that they believed in. I sincerely, I sincerely doubt that they, given the overwhelming odds against them, I don't think they were planning to put their lives on the line uh, for just so that they could get a status increase over. A four-year presidential term I mean yeah it, it doesn't I think their intentions were pure-hearted Aaron Burr Aaron Burr I don't think not so much he's and what's what's especially scary to Hamilton is that he doesn't appear to have any strong beliefs as I said before he just swings around he's a reactionary he goes with what the people want he'll switch parties at the single just at the tip of a hat so um, Eliza, I felt, was fairly interesting, you know? um, She was mostly reactionary, so she's not too interesting. She was just kind of... She was tacked on to Hamilton's character. You know, same with Angelica. She's just kind of there. One thing, one criticism I do have of this show is that there were... It was an ensemble cast, but the rest of the ensemble was... Pretty poorly thought out. Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton were well-developed, well-defined characters. Eliza, Angelica, they had a song number, and that's it. They're gone. They're just, they they vanished. Peggy. Who's Peggy? She's one of the three Skylar sisters. Lin-Manuel Miranda saw fit to go ahead and flesh out, um... Eliza and Angelica, but Peggy, she's just not worthy of notice, you know. Mm, uh, like King George the Third, I love him. He's a great guy. He's he's hilarious in the show. It's it's really funny. It's a nice break, good framing device. But honestly, we, it's another thing where you could cut that out and it wouldn't make a single difference. We don't need that framing device there, but I see why they did it, because they didn't have Aaron Burr as a really, for, for most of the first act, again, it's just tension between the two, there's not really conflict, so this was their way of trying to introduce a villain for the first act, well, yeah, King George is pretty much the villain, yeah, this is their way of introducing a villain for the act, by having King George be a nice little that's the bad guy, these are the good guys thing. Which is much less deep than what the second act goes into, and again, why I say, even though I like the first act more, I think the second act was better. So, moving on. The same with Marquis de Lafayette and Hercules Mulligan and John Lawrence. Like They're all nice characters, but they don't really go anywhere. They're just kind of there, taking up space, and I get what they, I understand why they did it. They probably felt the need to flesh out the world to make it a bit more alive, but I can't help but feel that the show might have been a bit better off if they had decided to remove many of these extra characters. Um, but it's hard to say it's hard to say there are disadvantages and advantages to doing that and I And I can easily see why they why they decided to include those characters So um plot plot. What do I think of the plot? Well? I'm not sure how I feel about how they separated it into act one act two You could tell that's what they were trying to do rather than the three-act structure and that feels a bit unnatural for me, especially because it feels like they're two different stories. And that I think that's my problem with this plot overall. They're two different stories. This is like David Copperfield or something, but it's the entire life and times of this character. And what I feel happens is that what this feels more like is this is the three-act structure, but act one is ridiculously long act two is about half the size of act one and act three is tacked on at the end and for me that feels uh, kind of unnatural i this is part of why i think act one is really act one is really poor in comparison to act two again because it's all character set up but the characters have already been set up we don't need to hear more about this character. Uh, we we don't need any more information on these characters and for it to consume half the runtime is just I think a little bit a little bit rough. So what other things to say about the plot? Well I do have to say this, the final the final section of Act Two with the slow build-up towards the final climax, is quite brilliant, I think. The, the, I have the honor to be your obedient servant, that stuff, very, very, it, the tension slowly building up throughout throughout that song, as it turns serious, and you realize, oh, this, is, this isn't gonna be good, this isn't gonna end well. And then, they meet on the, on the hill or wherever they are um, with the 10 dual commandments reprised version playing very, very just really doubling down on that tension, which I really like. They, they there was a lot of care put into that. I do have to say though that after it's quiet uptown, mm, I think that final section did last too long. After It's Quiet Uptown, most of Hamilton's problems are seem pretty much resolved. Yeah, he's been through and back, but, I mean, he doesn't really have any issues anymore. He's just, he's okay now. His relationship's repaired, he doesn't have any future ambitions anymore, and at that point he turns into a totally passive character. And passivity is not something you want in your protagonist, it's it's pretty pretty rough however i do i do think that he wasn't supposed to be the protagonist anymore his arc had concluded they that that entire bit with the with it's quiet up town that was pretty much the end of his arc oh well i don't know it's rough to, it's hard to say what what i'm trying to say is maybe they were trying to shift the focus to Aaron Burr and I, I could see how that could work, yeah. His arc hadn't totally concluded. There was still a final, the final chapter, pretty much, with Aaron Burr. But the rest of the story was really meant to focus on Aaron Burr and him trying to fight for the presidency. Which I can get, but when we're honing in on Alexander Hamilton so much, and especially, like, in a, in the part with uh, Wait For It, we're told... Focus on Aaron Burr, all right? Okay, focusing on him. But when, as soon as Alexander Hamilton enters any scene, we're told focus on Hamilton because he's he's the he's the title character. He's the most important character. So throughout this final final chapter, if you will, we're constantly having our attention twisted. We're we're basically fooled into thinking that Hamilton is the protagonist because he pops in so many times when Aaron Burr, I feel, is supposed to be the focus. I think that's what Lin-Manuel Miranda was going for. And I I think that's why I dislike the, the final chapter, again, if you will, the final chapter so much in comparison, at least, to the rest of it. So, any themes, themes, themes? Well, there is certainly the theme of history and how it will see you, That kind of stuff. I feel most of the themes were contained in the characters, though, and how they approach life, you know? Hamilton and his I-am-not-thrown-away-my-shot stuff, you know? How he refuses to be satisfied, the disadvantages of that mindset, right? I think there were certainly some themes of that type. Aaron Burr, you know, his whole theme of... There were some themes of not letting life pass you by, you know, stand up for what you believe in, that type of thing. I do feel the overall theme was legacy, something about legacy, I think, and I think that's perfectly captured in the opening and the ending, which I think are, I may think Act 2 is better, Act 1 is my favorite, but the absolute best parts of this play is Part 1, or no, the absolute- is the opening and the ending, Matt? Um, just, ugh, so good, so good. And in both, the a strong theme throughout both is what will happen after after someone is gone. What do they leave behind? For example, I I, I love I I love when Hamilton, in so, in just such stark contrast to the rest of this musical musical, (laughs) this musical musical, there's no music, just him asking himself what, what's going to be left behind when he's gone, I think that clues us into the fact that that's what the overall theme of this is going to be about, and even in Aaron Burr, right, you know, now I'm the villain in your history, I, the overall theme of this was just about the idea of a legacy, and I really like it, because it's quite clear, and even if I couldn't consciously place it at first, you can tell that it had an impact on me. It was, even if it was a subconscious type thing, right? So, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, stop. Um, let's go ahead and hop into the music and visuals. Wow, so this is gonna be a larger category than usual for obvious reasons, at least I hope it's obvious, music, 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 wow. So I don't think I'm gonna talk much about the visuals, I mean they were okay, I mean they were good, but the music, the music, the music, what to say about the music? Well I mean it was, it was good. It was. It was most certainly good, my my good sir, as you can tell. I'm I'm not used to recording by myself. <laughs> Jonathan, return, my friend, return, return from your sabbatical. So, the music. I honestly, mm, I I thought the way they used late motifs was quite brilliant. The they they mix them together in some really really clever ways, the theme of legacy in George Washington, the do 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 do, and Alexander Hamilton dun da 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 dun 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 do doo, do doo. Meanwhile, Aaron Burr's. Do, 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 right, you have all these late motifs that mix together, and there are so many, and they're all really memorable too and That's what surprised me most, like even when they're just playing the chord progression and like the 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 notes in the background, you can instantly tell who's who it is, and they blend together so well. I think that's what surprised me the most when I really took a step back and realized like they they really um they really managed to capture the cap, just capture lightning in a bottle with these with these themes. They were they they blended together brilliantly. Lin Manuel Miranda, say what you will about him, he has an excellent mind for transitions. Very, very, he he would have done great as a counterpoint, a classical counterpoint composer. I'll tell you that much. Um, what else to say about the music? Oh, let's go ahead and talk about my my uh, uh, favorites. Um, I promise social media will be coming out so you can tell me about how wrong I am for this one being my favorite. But I think my favorite would have to be, uh. Phew alexander hamilton the opening number very nice song very cool although i do like uh who lives who yeah i i really like the opening and ending in case you couldn't tell (laughs) so let's just let's just hop into quick thoughts this this i already said this is gonna be a pretty quick pretty short episode just you know pumping this out so you guys won't be alone and without your favorite favorite podcast you know so, quick thoughts. Quick thoughts. I like how they incorporated different music styles. Dang it! I should have included that in the music section. There were a lot of different musical styles. Um, I'm not a fan of. Um, I'm not a fan of the rap, but I did like some of the hip hop stuff. I did like the R and B, the soul, and the traditional style. You know, traditional style uh, show tunes. Very cool. Very cool. Can we just appreciate for a second how ridiculous it is that a a play about, a rap play about a dead white man who lived in the 1700s and probably the least popular well-known, the least popular well-known dead white man, he got he has more popularity right now than pretty much any other well-known dead white man. <laughs> wow. I hate that. That's 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 bad. I should stop saying that. Um some some other quick thoughts. The casting. Whew. Quite quite a bit of there's quite a bit of controversy. I've I'm libertarian myself, you know. Just kind of just don't like the government sticking into my business. I'm not conservative I'm not particularly conservative Republic, but I do have to say the casting was a bit suspicious. Come on, come on. You look all the major figures in the show who have who have any kind of speaking roles, even if it's just like a couple paragraphs, all the major people who are at least somewhat good and have definable traits, are all Latino, black, uh, Mexican, well, I already said that with Latino, but, yeah, they're, they're all, you know, minorities. The, the, uh, the king, the evil, insane king, white as a snowflake, same with the farmer, and that's the extent to white people. White people get no representation in this show uh you know i'm not trying to be political here i'm just i'm just saying it's a bit funny if you think about it that they're talking about diversity here and you know having multiple and the white people are only villains as they are in real life and <laughs> you know but i'm not going there uh, <laughs> i'm i'm not trying to be uh i i that was just a joke all of this was a joke i the only part that i'm being serious about is the fact that it is a bit strange and kind of hypocritical for them to make for them to have two white people being the just being the only two white people being the villains pretty much and not even good villain no aaron burr isn't a villain not really they're they're they are the villains they're purely one-dimensional villains so moving on maybe we'll do some kind of debate or something about that later but moving on some other thoughts hmm so some other quick thoughts i suppose uh, i like what they did where they changed the quote-unquote um heroes and you know uh Who was it again? You know, Lafayette and Hercules Mulligan had the actors just basically change clothes and accents, hop them back in as James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. Very funny, very amusing. I thought it was quite uh, quite clever. To that, very interesting. Jefferson was, of course, a totally useless character who. I think was, again, this is all, I'm approaching, I think I'm approaching this from the wrong, this is meant to be like a David Copperfield, I think it's David Copperfield, is it, wait, am am I even referring to the right thing, I, yeah, David, that's the one with the, it's basically, okay, yeah, it's, it's like David Copperfield, okay, okay, um, all right, getting back to getting back to getting back to. Let's just finish it up. Let's just wrap it up. So overall, pretty pretty solid solid play. If you have Disney Plus or One Two Three move Oh gosh, If you have a torrenting client or Disney Plus, not Disney Plus. Please don't don't pay them. It's not. Oh gosh, I. Uh, side note here, Disney Plus is such a pain. Jeez what it is such a poor product why they rushed it out so hard and so slow and it's so nasty i joke you not there there are certain certain controversial sites that are significant certain possibly certain illegal in some areas sites most illegal in some areas sites that are much much faster than disney plus um yeah I would highly encourage you to watch it if you can It's a very 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 cool play unless you don't if unless you really really hate rap and hip-hop with a burning passion I mean even if you don't for me at least the chords and it incorporated enough different genres that the rap didn't kill it for me but if the rap does kill it for you then you're not gonna like it. If you, if you can honestly tell me that you just hate all rap slash hip-hop and you cannot tolerate it for even a couple seconds, you're not going to enjoy this. But if you can tolerate it, if you can at least tolerate it and look past that, you'll definitely get some real value out of this. There, It is a bit long. It, there are some certain, there are a lot of stuff that could be cut. I'm not a fan of the musical style in general, even though I like songs, you know. I prefer just uh, if i if there's music in a movie i'd prefer it more disney style you know just the occasional tune drop it in but you can stay. you can still appreciate hamilton i i could still appreciate hamilton just watch it just just watch it even if you don't have disney plus which you shouldn't get just watch it uh moving on moving on overall i would have to rate it a solid eight out of ten just because the story told was just so it was just so good the characters the characters were what really elevated it if it, if the characters weren't good enough it would probably a seven probably be a seven out of ten just because of the dangling plot and the dangling characters but there were enough really good characters that yeah eight out of ten well so overall the narrative podcast you know uh, narrative, calculus podcast gives it a 8 out of 10 Uh, good morning good evening and good night thank you for watching the narrative podcast we hope that you will join us again don't forget to follow us and watch our previous episodes i promise they're not as bad as this one i just don't have my my boy with me jonathan my co-host so, you know, this episode, which just, it's a bit rough, but nonetheless, we are pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. We will be getting social media soon, so you can scream at us at how bad we are at reviewing. Don't worry, it's coming. Um, and yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. We'll see you tomorrow. Just, um, yeah, uh, ah, peace. I just made a, I just made a, a like, an okay sign away from the mic from my face, you know, like, you know, like, see you later. Uh, Okay, bye. Goodbye.